This time on No Not the Mind Probe, episode number 53, Night of the Living Elderly. Welcome to... What? No, no, not the mind probes, Sonny. Oh, there's oh, an, an accent elderly. on that one. It's an elderly person. Oh, but it sounded like an elderly like, German man, perhaps, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe oh. a Canadian. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, not the mind probe. What's that, the mind probe? <laughs> now the accents are all over the place. No. Uh, yeah, you know, folks, there's a reason I'm not an actor. Um, because I'm busy recording this podcast where we watch and rank every Who single is? Doctor Who story ever. Uh, my name is John Grant, um, and I am an elderly. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. We're yep. getting there. Uh, and I'm also a lifelong Doctor Who fan, and that life gets longer and longer, hence the Every elderly day. thing. Uh, I've been watching it for 37 amazing years, and then one eh, year. They have been great years, Grandpa. Yeah. You've, mm-hmm. you've lived a great life. Now, have that Werther's original uh, <laughs> My name is Porter Mason, and John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for nigh on 25 years. And a year nigh or so on. ago, I finally said yes. You know, my children, four and six, and they love nothing is else. Is that their names? Uh, four and six? <laughs> yes, uh, it's easier that way. We change them every year. Uh, they love nothing else than pretending, getting anything that resembles a cane and stumbling around the house pretending to be an old man. I mean, it's like their favorite thing. They love it. They they really love it. I, mean, I hope look, they I hope they love an old man because they're going to be taking care of me when I'm older. So. I have Hopefully been trying to convince that. Mike for years to allow me to carry a cane as like an affectation. Oh, yes. <clears throat> With a cool little like bird on the top or yeah. something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> or a little uh, a, a, a mosquito in amber or, you know, something cool. <clears throat> so, so when you walk into Starbucks, you'd like pick up the end of it and tap across. Yeah. Like over. You're like, ding, I'll ding, have ding, the vanilla syrup. Tick, tick, tick that yeah. one over there. And... Now, Mike's concern. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not wrong, is that uh, for folks, folks, if you've, you've probably even picked it up in the course of the podcast, I have a tendency to gesture uh, wildly often uh, to the extent that it appears that I've lost control of my body. Uh, <laughs> and so Mike's concern is that if I had a stick in my hand, yeah. I would seriously injure him and or people and or glass structures in the vicinity but um, see this is so where that's fair. that's fair everyone should be able to have canes. that's a tragedy of the commons really we should all be able to have canes but we'd all just be smack i mean it's just one of the great uh news radio episodes of all time phil uh when when bill will get the cane right and and all <laughs> yes. the things he can do with the cane uh and uh the one and, and dave hides the cane uh, and that's the plot. That you know, <laughs> plots are simple. <laughs> That'd be great to break that story. Bill gets a cane. Dave hides I just, a cane. I still use this day. So, so, folks, if you haven't watched news radio, do it. Do it. We'll wait. Uh, okay, you're back. And did you enjoy it? it was good, what do you right? think? Uh, cool. But I love, uh, and I still, I try to work this line in. Uh, at the end, he, he uh, <clears throat> Dave breaks the cane, uh, and then uh, is the sort of the credit scene or whatever. People keep throwing canes to Bill. He's yes, like, he's yes. like ah, you can break this one. This one, this one, I like. I keep, and then he catches one. He goes, "This one displeases me." Throws it <laughs> yes. away. I love that one. This, this one displeases me. Yeah, good show, folks. News radio, watch it. 
Each episode of News Radio, we look at two stories. <laughs> we go through the new News Radio Doctor Who in order yeah, yeah. and our News Radio Doctor Who sommelier. John hmm. pairs our Doctor Who slash News Radio story with a classic Doctor Who news radio story. Today we're going to discuss two Doctor Who episodes. Two Doctor, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no news and radio the today. Episode of news radio. <clears throat> but who? Oh, that's great. Uh, what do, what do we have in store for this episode? All right. Well, as we as I promised last episode, uh, we're going to get raw this week because we're going to talk about abortion uh, and Amy's choice to yeah. have a baby. Uh, it's actually not relevant to. The, I just want to talk about Karen. If Karen Gillan, I don't even know if she's having a kid or if she's thinking about aborting it or not. Uh, but I want to. I want to have an opinion. Like a strong I like how opinion. You said aborting just there. You did the apostrophe n. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Think, oh, good old aborting that baby. Well, look, <laughs> look, a, it's a it's a sensitive topic, and I wanted to soften yeah, it a little by levity. making it a little more folksy. Like you know, we're yeah. not we're not. Hey, we're not. Uh, we're having abortion. We're aborting. <laughs> we're aborting. It's light. It's fun. It's light. It's fun. All right. And while she's thinking about her abortion, she is attacked by uh, weird zombie old people. Yeah, zombie old people with little eyes in their mouths, like you do. Uh, yeah, we got to another Amy Rory doctor uh, and Toby Jones. We'll talk about a great guest star uh, in this episode. Um, and I've paired that. And again, this is going to be one of those those old probes where you're like, what's there's a very loose connection in terms of out of control elderly people. Uh, and this would be uh, the seventh Dr. Mel story, the second uh, seventh Dr. Story, uh, Paradise Towers. All right, let's recap these episodes. We'll start with the new Who, the 21st Century Who, uh, Series 5, Episode 7. This is the 208th Doctor Who story. Mm. It aired on the 15th of May. 2010 we mentioned it's the 11th doctor uh right along with amy and rory now a regular part of the yeah, game rory just part of the crew yeah I, does his name appear in the credits i think he might right <clears throat> i can't remember now uh, in, the, in the opening you, credits. you research that and while you do that i'm gonna yeah. play this clip that you prepared for us someone something is overriding my controls well that took a while Honestly, I'd heard such good things. Last of the Time Lords, the oncoming storm, him in the bow tie. <laughs> How did you get into my TARDIS? What are you? What should we call me? Well, if you're the Time Lord, let's call me the Dream Lord. Nice look. This? No, I'm not convinced. Bow ties? Interesting. I'd love to be impressed, but um, Dream Lord, it's in the name, isn't it? Spooky. Not quite there. I get very much here. I'll do the talking, thank you. Amy, I want to take a guess at what that is. Um, Dream Lord, he creates dreams. Dreams, delusions, cheap tricks. And what about the gooseberry here? Does he get a guess? Uh, listen, mate, if anyone's the gooseberry round here, it's the doctor. Oh, well, there's a delusion I'm not responsible for. No, he is. Isn't he, Amy? Oh, Amy. You'd have to sort your men out. Choose, even. I have chosen. Of course. I've chosen. Is you stupid? Oh, good. Thanks. You can't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got a little moment of tension. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and the great Toby Jones there. Um, yes, yes. Um, now, do you, what's, what's your, what do you associate him with? most oh that's a good question i'd have to look at his imdb he's just so familiar to me as a character yeah, actor like his like face great, is extremely familiar yeah. to me he was in uh, tinker taylor soldier spy he was in I uh, he's, he's been in a bunch yeah he's just he's in a whole bunch of things he's always in stuff uh oh you know what for some reason comes to mind is he's um 
he's um, the lackey of Red Skull in the Captain America movie. Oh, oh, yeah, he's in some Marvel things. He's just he is uh, he's one of those fantastic British actors who. Ha- looks weird and is in everything, right? Like, I mean, he's like, you know, he's not, he's a very odd looking man. They're not, you know, not, not to oh, he's the voice of Dobby the house elf. Yeah, look Dobby the house elf. Yeah, not to mock him or anything, but he's just an unusual looking fellow. The little, little yeah, tiny guy. But, uh, yes, he's, and he's very good. And he is, yeah, he's in everything. He's just one of those people that's always in stuff. But unlike, like, he's, he's the anti, uh, uh, like Gary Oldman. Um, and I'm just not going to explain that. No. <laughs> no. All right. Um, Gary Oldman, I have no idea what Gary Oldman looks like. I mean, like I he could be he could be here right now next to me. He could be a desk lamp right next to me and I wouldn't know. Um because he looks different in every movie he's ever does. Right, right. Whereas Toby Jones it's like, oh yeah, there he is. There's Toby Jones. Like there's no hiding him. Like he's not he's not a chameleon. But he's just he's just a good character, a good solid character actor. So you know what, folks, cast Toby Jones. Yeah. I don't know what people if you need consider Toby my, Jones. My sign off. You got it, and there you go. That's that's the mind probe guarantee. Well, let me uh, recap the plot here. It's yeah. it's a really interesting concept, but pretty straightforward. Which is basically we uh, open on Amy and Rory, and they have settle down into a nice little uh i feel like in america it would be a nice suburban life but this it's yeah. a, a village life in england like yeah, thatched a little quiet... cottage and yeah yeah a little quiet <clears throat> village uh amy's pregnant looks like she's you know like very far along like, like nine months pregnant about about mm-hmm. due any moment the term is preggers I believe that's total totes preggers totes preggers yeah mm-hmm. and uh then we... a ponytail that's also right. important. Right. Yeah. Put, that's what he's done. <laughs> uh, yeah, his ponytail is really out of nowhere. I assume that that's what it's like to have. And, and as a man, allow me to speak. By for the way, it's women. not just a ponytail, but it's a ponytail with the short hair up front. Like, yeah, almost like yeah. a buzz cut with bangs. A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we called that growing up when it was not a full fledged ponytail, but but it had that similar short up top. I don't know. This was around the Williamsburg area, but that was like a rat tail. A rat like tail. You, yeah. yeah. Well, no, a rat tail was if you, yeah, uh, you like you, just a little one. But it was like a mullet, sh- but you didn't you didn't right. cut all the hair off. You just left. You you couldn't. Your scissors weren't long enough to get to the middle. <laughs> Uh, and he just that. left whatever was left, and that was a rat tail. And, and that was a real. I, the kids who had that, they were yeah. my friends, definitely. Oh yeah, I had some friends who had it, and I don't know why. And it's like, oh, I want long hair, but not like I don't want to go all the way. I want a little, <laughs> little bit longer. Um, uh, but I, yeah, I, I mean, you know, again, I don't want to speak for all women here, um, but I assume that having a baby is like growing a rat tail. That's why. That's <laughs> I assume that was the parallel. They were just like, all right, you know, what what could Rory do that's like being pregnant? Uh, and 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 shoving a baby out of out of your various orifices, probably having a rat tail. I mean, because men men get it. So you know what, women, and you know what, women, and I bet none of you are listening. <laughs> we get it. So enough of it. this telling us we don't understand. We get it. Well, look. So after that uh, little uh, message, <laughs> the thank you from the the John Council. Uh, so the doctor shows up here and apparently what we found is like, oh, it's been five years since they, they left adventuring with him and he's shown up and, you know, obviously she's pregnant. Rory has somehow become a doctor in five years. I didn't quite understand that. Yeah. And um, I watch ER folks and I know that yeah, like, then, you probably... know, he could be well along his way. But I mean, that yeah. anyway, <clears throat> um, 
and Rory's kind of immediately again similar theme as we discussed last last episode where he's kind of back on his heels saying hey we have a nice comfortable normal wife please don't come in here and uh throw a wrench into things and we see them sit down on a little park bench and then they fall asleep and when they wake up they wake up in the TARDIS but don't seem to have a memory of what they were uh Amy's no longer pregnant and what we find out is that we're going to spend the whole episode switching between these two realities. Uh, one where they're in the TARDIS, uh, adventuring along, and we'll discuss what specifically is the danger of foot is there. <clears throat> the other where they're in this small town uh, and in this future life where uh, Amy is about to give birth to Rory's baby and they've long since given up the TARDIS hopping life. And I'll give, and, you know, I give yeah. Stephen Moffat credit here. Uh and and we'll we'll discuss the whole season because it's a podcast where we talk about every Doctor Who episode. But we'll we'll get to this. But I, I give him credit because I think he's already established from the beginning of the season, and I, I I think it's intentional. He's too he's too smart not to that time can jump here, right? Like so, we met young Amy Pond. Uh, oh and right, and yeah. Skipped ahead, you know, ten years or whatever. And so, like when this kicks off, you're like, oh. This is plausible, which I actually think is a pretty like uh, I think it's pretty smart how I mean, you know, normally in a show you'd be like, oh, obviously the the thing in the TARDIS is the current time because you know that's where we last left them. But Stephen Moffat has oh, already I established like it could yeah, I it could have jumped forward. We could have jumped forward and this is them, you know, however many years hence, uh, and the doctor's coming back to visit them. It was plausible, whereas in you know most Doctor Who wouldn't you know you always went episode to episode, and there was never any significant time passage. And here it's like, oh, okay, that's I interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, so it's believable. Right. The and the reason why that comes into play is what we find out at the the switchback. So this continues to happen. They'll be in one reality, and suddenly they hear birds chirping. They fall asleep. They wake up in the other one. What they ultimately meet is uh, the actor we were just talking about. Toby Jones. Da, 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 da. Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Um, dream Lord. Yeah, he describes himself as the Dream Lord. He says, "I'm the one doing this. I've caught you in this uh, trap." He behaves to me. I, I don't know if this character ever comes back, but it's like this is like Q. He. That's yeah. what it feels like. It's like yeah. I've come here. I put you in a particular situation, so you have to decide something for yourself and kind of wrestle with some internal battle. Um, and but I'm going to add these huge real world stakes to it. Yeah. To make to force you to wrestle with this internal <laughs> battle and he says you're between these two realities one of them is a dream and one of them is real life and you're both you're going to be presented with the choice basically where you're going to have to die in one of them right and if you die in the dream you just wake up but if you die in the real world you're dead you're dead yeah and um so on the tardis the life-threatening reality is um that they are can't control the tardis and it's hurtling toward an an ice star, which I don't think is a thing, but I have to look that up. Anyway, so long since I was in space, uh, who knows? Yeah, I just, a lot of things have probably changed up there. There's not a thing in space that is colder than space. So I mean, it doesn't really I, make sense. I, you know, you know what? I, you know, we just put a telescope up there. Let's, let's see what happens. Okay. We'll uh, give I don't it know time. What see. The James Webb telescope. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Um, it's uh, so, so that's what's happening there. Then on the other end, 
uh, there's rampaging old people. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think the the deal is there's some their aliens cast themselves as old people and yeah. they suddenly they're activate like hiding their, inside them. Yeah. yeah. Like that. Anyway, they're rampaging about town and you got to get away. I mean, it's basically like Trump voters, except they kill people. <laughs> yes. More well, frequently. More so. More so. <laughs> more directly. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um. So ultimately, comes down as the name of the episode would. Uh, indicate is the and the dream lord focuses in on amy and says actually this is really about you you have to decide do you want you you can choose to adventure in the tardis or you can choose this nice quiet home happy you know very content but nothing nothing exciting Mm -hmm. you need to choose and you're ultimately choosing between what the two men in your life want the doctor wants this not necessarily he wants that for amy but, but that's what but he that's wants for himself life. yeah this life and or then the other life yeah. what rory wants yeah and um ultimately she chooses rory in a couple ways um but she chooses to stay in the suburban area and fight but then in doing so rory dies yep. and so she says then i'm going to kill myself in this one because basically well, she's so she's in the suburban area and Rory's dead in that one. Yeah. He gets so basically then her thing is, well, then I'm going to die here because if this is real, I can't do it. And then if this is the dream, then great. I, I'll be back over there. Um, so uh, so then we get back and, you know, we're like, oh, it was the right choice, you know, whatever. But then uh, this, so the ending was a little weird to me. Because I totally buy this character. I was like, oh, the Dream Lord. Like, uh, I thought the reveal was that he was going to be the master. And yeah. I was like, oh, please, yeah. Toby Jones is the master. Yeah. I'd love this. That'd be like, great. This yeah. is great. Uh, but instead, the doctor says, like, uh, the doctor goes, I'm actually setting the TARDIS to self-destruct because this isn't real either. He does so. They wake up. And he says, it was actually all a dream. The Dream Lord was me. That was just, like, my yeah. a, dr- a manifestation <clears throat> of my dream that I was, like, so and there's like a couple a, just like it's just a weird turn or something. End. Yeah. 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 He said we we had this weird um, interstellar pollen <laughs> and it made us fall asleep. And this, the, the dream was a manifestation of my dreams, which I guess is implying that like, well, I'm forcing this choice on Amy. It implies a whole bunch of things, but I just it was weird to me. I was like, I don't yeah. know why we needed this. But, and I, I agree. Yeah. I, I didn't. Uh, it was a so the the psychological breakdown of Rory and Amy. I think it makes is great, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. totally like it is her choice, and, and like he likes the domestic life. I want to be this, and she does, and 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 that. I think that was well done. The the yeah the whole doctor thing because he's basically because at one point he says like only one person in the universe could hate me as much as this. And it's like, and it's me. Like he's like, and it's like, that's sort of like, it's like, Oh, it's adding something to the mythology. That's like, I don't The doctor's kind of a happy go lucky guy. I don't think he hates himself. I mean, it might be that we're building up to where we're going around the time war and stuff as you'll see. But, um, and I, I mean, it is Moffat sort of adding his spin on it, but yeah, it is sort of like, Oh, only, yeah, it's me and it's how I feel about myself and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like I feel like this is where that starts. It's a bit unearned. But up to this point, it's a bit unearned. Right. It's just like, yeah. OK, I guess <laughs> um, he's sort of a happy go lucky guy. I don't think he's been that introspective. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a little it's a little odd. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is given away. I mean, uh, Toby Jones is wearing a, a, a tweed jacket and a bow tie. And right. He's right. Like, oh, yeah. Right. I see. It. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
I just he would have been a great master. Yeah, because I, I it was uh, for first of all no mustache, so that's yeah. great. Yeah, and uh, you know I didn't mind the last master, but I, I think we both thought it got a little super villainy crazy yeah, over the top. Whereas this to me, if the master was more like Q, I think that's fascinating. Well, and um, uh, so I don't know. Have you seen? Uh, it's a, it's a. Show. I just like Q. Maybe I just like Q. Yeah, so. we should just bring Q into this show. I don't know why <laughs> just... he's wasting his time on Picard. Um, uh, have you seen? Uh, it's a show on CBS slash Paramount Plus called Evil. Uh, no. It's uh, so it's by Robert and I was say Michelle King. It's by the people who did The Good Wife, okay. um, and uh, a couple other shows. And the, the the plot line is basically it's set uh, it's it's the it's the Catholic Church uh, and she's a, the the main character is a psychologist who gets recruited to and they they're uh, and and Asif Manvi is in it uh, and they're being recruited to debunk um, uh, claims of possession and demons and miracles and all that kind of stuff and so the main the the Catholic Church guy is a is a priest in training she's a psychologist Asif Manvi is like an expert in technical stuff and they're they're the skeptics and blah blah and uh, it's playing with the idea of like oh is this real or not and there's a guy who's supposed to sort of be the devil um, or a demon uh, but he's sort of yeah, he's he's very Toby Jones esque, right? He's got big glasses and he's kind of dorky and just kind of and it's like it is and it works because it's like, it actually makes him much more creepier than if he were smooth and like you know good looking and all that kind of stuff. And so yeah, it, 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 for, I connect these two and it's kind of like yeah, it would be great. Like Toby Jones as the master would be great because the master has always been fair. Well, yeah, up has been fairly smooth and cool and like, you know, and, and sort of suave and deboner as they say. Uh, and um, he's, uh, he's kind of dorky and whatever. And that actually gives him, he plays it. He's really creepy. He plays it very well. Um, uh, and, and, you know, is very scary in, in the role. Um, uh, this one is by uh, Simon Nye uh, as the author, uh, the author, the writer. Uh, and he, I guess, do you say author of TV shows, right? They're, they're writers. They write TV writer, shows. Writer, showrunner. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Let's talk about that in the themes. Uh, <laughs> but, but he was uh, the showrunner of uh, Men Behaving Badly. Men Behaving Badly. Have you ever seen that? I, it's... I remember seeing a little bit of it because they adapted it for America and had I think Rob Schneider or something like that was on. Yeah, it. yeah, and in um, yeah, I don't I forget who the other guy was in the UK. It is um, uh, it is uh, what's his name? Um, he it was is, a very popular show. Yeah, and uh, it's um, uh, Martin Clunes, uh, who plays um, uh, Doc Martin. If you've seen that show, it's great, uh, very good. Uh, and uh, he Martin Clunes, his first ever TV show was Doctor Who. We'll get to it, Snake Dance. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a very sort of, I think, in my sense is like sort of a raunchy sitcom, raunchy esque. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, from the '90s. So uh, again, Stephen Moffat. We're gonna we're gonna get to some even bigger writing names. Uh, but Stephen Moffat just bringing in big names to write for Doctor Who because it's sort of gotten to that point. Um, but yeah, the the um, the psychology of everybody but the Doctor is interesting. Um, uh, and I, I think the the Amy uh, Rory thing is really good. Um, I like the opening misdirection. I almost wanted when I was watching this time. I was like, I kind of wanted to go on longer. I feel like, and it's been a while since I've watched this now. Um, I feel because your stupid daughter, it's sick. <sighs> Talk to her about again. Tell her stop with the sickness. I will. Um, but uh, I feel like 
I figured out or it was clear what was happening or which was the reality. I don't know. I, I wanted maybe I wanted it to go on longer before it was explained to them they were in a dream going like I, I actually yeah that that was it. I think they like flip back and forth like once and then the dream lord comes in and is like, Oh, well, here's the puzzle and it's like I kind of wished it would have gone on longer, right? Like they were trying to figure it out. Wait, what is happening? Why do we keep switching? Uh, and I think they they very quickly explained the game, which I mean, again, it's a 50-minute episode. You only have so much time. Um, but uh, I, I would have liked to have seen that mystery extended a little bit. I think that would have been kind of uh, kind of interesting. Um, and then I don't get I, uh, the aliens. I don't understand. And I think this was the criticism of the of the episode. You're like, wait, what were the old people, and why did they? <laughs> Who are they? Aliens, and what was going on with them? Well, that's um, why the the, yeah. the the cold star, as much as I don't think that's a thing, yeah, works better because it's just like man versus nature. There's just a bad yeah, thing happening, right. and you have to decide. The old people is like added this extra element in there of like I don't why like what <laughs> like it could have just been like they're wild crazy aliens are killing right. everyone it didn't have to be old people but i think they uh, thought it was funny right they're like oh wouldn't it be funny to have a whole bunch of people with walkers like trying to kill you also like, much cheaper to hire a bunch of old people yeah, than a whole bunch of CGI elderly british actors who are desperate for work anyway <laughs> yeah i mean they were all it was all just judy dench she has actually judy dench in every role that was the amazing true. Uh, part of it but she, she's she's <laughs> a treasure she's a treasure <laughs> Well, why don't we move on to our classic episode? More um, old people ish. And I use the term classic real loosely there. <laughs> uh, this is Paradise Tower, season mm-hmm. 24, which yeah. I often say, wow, they're still still doing them. Still, 24. Yeah, this is the Delta and the Bannerman and Time yeah. and the Ronnie season. So, so <laughs> yeah, in the pedigree is up there, all right? You're just Woo. in like the upper echelons man. of quality. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, <laughs> at some point i have to do like just a straight through rewatch of season 24 <laughs> and see if i can stomach it it's uh, a lot season 24 story two this is the 145th doctor who story it's four parts uh four 25 minute episodes it aired uh, i like how you're saying it like four 25 minute and you feel every minute a <laughs> hundred minutes it just keeps this, going <laughs> this it aired between the fifth and the 26th of our October in 1987. So mm-hmm. you uh, you started to watch this, yeah? I, no, no, you started when you were 12. Uh, I no, I, I probably later. I think I may not have seen it until it was on video. I got it on VHS, but oh. I read it early on. So there's another one where I think I read it first before I actually. But saw what it. age were you when you started watching Doctor Who? Uh, so I started I said Doctor Who when I was like five or six. So yeah, oh, okay, okay. yeah. So I yeah. mean, this would be wait, what was it? 1986. 1987. So almost, I mean, uh, so I'd be 10 years old. Yeah, about yeah, 10 years old. yeah. All right, and uh, we're going to hear a little clip that we pulled from Paradise Tower. Chief! Later, Deputy. Release him. Greetings. Greetings. I am the Chief Caretaker, and I am... No need to tell me I know who you are. We have been waiting for this momentous visit for so many years. You were the man who brought Paradise Towers to life. The visionary who dreamed up its pools and lifts and squares. And now you have returned to your creation. You will make all those dilapidated lifts rise and fall as they've never done before. All signs of wall scrawl will disappear from the corridors of Paradise Towers. The floors will gleam, the windows will shine, and all will be made as new. Fellow caretakers, you know who this is. This is the great architect returned to Paradise Towers. Bid him welcome. All hail the great architect. All hail. All All hail the great architect. What should we do with him now, then, Chief? Kill him. Mm. So much of this 
uh, story feels like a Monty Python sketch. Like yeah. you know they say, an architect. Like the, just there's affectation here. It, it, it really it, feels like the show was trying to find like maybe we'll be this now like it's because then we go into delta and the bannerman and stuff right. like that like it's a real and ronnie and dragonflies uh, it, it is so i've heard this season described as um in some of the doctor who reference books that i that i read you know it's like in the in the in the library sure. in the rare book sure. room, yeah. reading pouring through study the carol. manuscripts yeah. yeah um uh sort of doctor who as comic strip as like 80s comic uh strip and it's like over the top characters, everybody sort of, and this one being sort of the quintessential example, like over the top characters, everybody's like states. It's like you walk into a room and you're like, I am Mel, I am enthusiastic. Like, like it's like, they but it also mixes, very oh, anyway, own your, yeah. it your also speed. mixes in weird attempts at humor and stuff. And I, I don't know, yeah, trying to be surreal. I don't know, it was the 80s. Remember, people, people, you know, in the 80s, we just thought we were gonna die, we didn't think we were gonna <laughs> live to the 90s, so we did whatever we wanted. And then the so, 90s came and we we're like, oh, God, it's going to keep going. So this is sandwiched yeah. right bet- yeah. directly between Time of the Ronnie and Delta yeah. and the Bannerman. So I don't remember in Time of the Ronnie, but this would then at least be the second story in a row where they're just like looking for a vacation because. Well, no, Time, remember time t- of the Ronnie and uh, he is the regeneration story. Remember, he gets he gets hit on the head and he turns from the sixth to the seventh. So she and she kidnaps them. Oh, OK. So well, this the, is only the, Sylvester McCoy's second story, but this is actually the first story that was written for Sylvester McCoy. The other which one is weird because they're immediately like, we got to take a little break because so, they're looking for like a swimming pool. Where they go to this and then Delta and the banner. Remember, they're looking for a break still. Yeah, and they... well, yeah, doctors are often looking for a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, they're looking for a break. They're looking for a swimming pool. They land at Paradise Towers, which is this beautiful um, 22nd century. It's not that far in the future, it mm-hmm. says. That's interesting. Um, apartment building. But it then when they arrive, it's just in disrepair, uh, chaos. It kind of has the shades of like the Warriors, if you ever heard of that movie. But it's like... A, it's All like I know a, is the uh, uh, Perry... Is, aren't there people on roller skates or something? In, in the Warriors? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it's I just a, remember the parody of it in uh, a community, the community paintball episode with it. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, uh, well, but, group, and they think about it as like run. a very near-term apocalypse. So it's like, yeah, 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 it's an apocalypse, but it's not like this far distant future. It's kind of like things are still basically, you know, just broken down from where they were. Right. I mean, it's it's where it's where we're headed, folks. Right. So it's, it's where it's we're headed. Very the first, soon. like sub apocalypse before we get to the big one. It's so, like what yeah. Detroit looks like now, basically. Right. It's the Detroit apocalypse before the Ukraine apocalypse before the whole climate change apocalypse. So, so this world is divided between the caretakers uh, of the building, and then there's roaming youths called the Kangs. Not Always gangs, trouble. Youths. Kangs. And the, the, the Kangs are all grouped by color. So the Red Kangs hate the Blue Kangs, so on and so forth. And then there's also a group But they're all called, ladies, too. They're all ladies. They're also the Rezies. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Rezies, yeah. The old ladies. The, the, those the, are all the famous actresses. <laughs> <They're> all, apparently. <laughs> so, I don't know. Anyway, what happens? So that's what they find. And then uh, Mel hangs out with the Rezies. So those are, that's, again, feels like a Monty Python sketch. She's hanging out with these two old British ladies. Uh, then, uh, they're running around with the Kangs trying to figure out like who's doing what, as we just heard here, they mistake the doctor, um, the caretaker mistakes the doctor for the great architect, Croagnon, yeah. mm-hmm. who designed Paradise Towers and he wants him killed. Uh, then I think we finally, we see Croagnon and, 
He's it's in the just, basement. He's I don't know the, in the basement. The caretaker is the, the chief caretaker. Yeah. The, the 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 young people are being killed, and the the by the cleaners, the robots, the, the robot cleaners, very solid looking robots for Doctor Who. They're pretty solid. Like I mean, they they actually, I mean, they obviously move at a, a mile per hour and couldn't go around a sharp corner or catch anyone. Um, but you know, they look firm. Um, this <laughs> also <laughs> this also reminds me of a Monty Python uh, sketch because basically what we find is that Karagnon designed essentially a cutting edge apartment building which was essentially an abattoir that, right. that murders everyone in yeah. it. So just totally art murdering towards the uh, rotating knives. The last uh, twenty feet are heavily <laughs> soundproofed. <laughs> That's one of my favorite. Um, but then, yes, he hated humans were messing up his per. He designed a perfect building. And then people showed up and ruined it, which I, as an old person now, I sympathize with. People ruin all things. Uh, the Also, the resident, the old women ultimately turn and they're going to kill Mel. Everyone's going to kill everybody. Because they're eating. They're eating uh, people. The people. residents are eating people. Oh, and then there's one, uh, the... the Pex. Pex. Again, his name is Pex. It's, it's so, like, <laughs> attempts at humor here. Um are, are 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 around there are attempts at humor yeah. <laughs> i can <laughs> confirm um they find the swimming pool and then it's like they jump in the pool it's just like Which, what it's are we funny. Doing? Uh, um yeah i do love that uh, i'd forgotten about so yes they go here to find a swimming pool mel is very mel like and very enthusiastic and uh they get doctor and mel get separated uh they meet all these people people are trying to kill them there's robots everything's chaos then they finally get to the swimming pool, and Mel's like, "Finally!" And then it's like, "And then it's like, I'm gonna go for a swim." That's what we're here for, everybody. It's like, well, I feel like some things have superseded that are much more significant. And she's like, "No, I'm finally getting the swim that I have been dying to have." <laughs> and she's like, "Okay, well, way to stick with it." And then, of course, she's immediately attacked by a monster, which would have been blatantly obvious in the tiny swimming pool. The bright yellow robot would probably be. Uh, I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm I'm sorry. I'm rambling. I'm just really upset by that. Totally. Well, anyway, it ruins the believability of the rest of the serial. <laughs> so, uh, the doctor figures out that Kragnon is here and is in the basement of the building and is making the building uh, kill everyone in it. And he talks the Kangs and the caretakers and the Resis to all work together and defeat Kragnon, and they try to, and then it doesn't work out, and then they. Then Peck saves the day mm-hmm. and sacrifices himself. And then we have to see Peck's funeral. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just, <laughs> just, this was. So I'm sensing this rough. was not one of your favorites. It was not one of my favorites. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, this doctor. No, actually, no, I like Sylvester McCoy. You know, I don't like any, it might be this this season. I don't like any of the stories with Mel. I don't dislike Mel, but it's just, there's just nothing there. And the character is written like, it's just. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're getting, so again, remember, we saw the first Mel story, which is Terror of the Riverwoods with her and the Sixth Doctor, remember? And she doesn't get mm-hmm. an introduction, right? She's already with him because they flash forward into the future. So she never has an intro story. So we never really learn much about her. So she's already a disadvantage. Um she just and, seems to have no point of view, like right. She, and in the sad part, it's like they—they've actually she—they've established her. Uh, what backstory they give her is kind of interesting. She's like a computer programmer in the '80s, which is huh. a big, you know, for a woman of her age, would be a thing, uh, and it'd be kind of interesting. And she's she's supposed to be smart. She has a great memory, and she's she's got all these features. But yeah, they don't really talk. So this is supposed to be a parody of a. 
or not a parody, but it's supposed to be influenced by um, a Paradise Towers is supposed to be. Yeah, Paradise Towers is supposed to be influenced by a book by a guy named J.G. Ballard uh, called High Rise. And I is not do you? I don't know. It's, it seems no. like it's for your hardcore sci-fi people. I don't know it. Um, it's uh, and it's supposed to be sort of about similarly like a, a a building where everybody's kind of left to their own devices for a long time and ends up. Um, the Lord of the Flies, but in an apartment. Yeah, building. like what would happen if all these people? The thing I, I do, the time gets muddled for me because it, it does. They, they do act like they're. Um, at first, you think, all right, well, to go this far, uh, you know, some people resorted to cannibalism, uh, and, and you know, the gangs developing their own language and all that kind of stuff. It must be generations. But Pex is supposed to have. He was there was a big war, right? And all the men went away to the war, and then Pex wimped out and smuggled himself away and hid. Uh, and then that's why he's overcompensating, right? He's like, Oh, I'm, I'm the protector and blah, blah. Everybody's like, we know you, you just were hiding from going to the war, your, your draft dodger or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's like it, it, the implication then is like, well, yeah, if you leave old people alone for like five years, they're just going to end up eating <laughs> start people. Eating people. <laughs> like, I mean, they, there is no middle ground. They're just like, well, we're going to start eating the young. How do they, so that, how do they trap people to eat them? I think they lure them into their place, or they catch them with their little. They've nif- they knit duvets apparently, and then they throw them over. I mean, that's, that's... <laughs> again, it's a broad satire, I guess. Mm. Um, I prefer uh, Delta and the Bannerman greatly. Like that was more yeah. fun. It's not as fun. Uh, so it is. It is replete uh, with guest stars. Um, so a lot of these people are. Uh, so um, uh, the number one one is. And I did you recognize the chief architect uh, or the uh, sorry chief caretaker Richard? Brown? Breyers, Richard Breyers, Richard Breyers, no, uh, the main baddie. He, um, he's uh, if you've ever seen the good, uh, Good Neighbors, um, uh, he's like the. He was very well known in seventies, eighties British television. That's okay, sort of a, a funny a sitcom. Actor. It looks like he was in a lot of the Branagh. Uh, Shakespeare yeah, he's, he's very yeah he's very well done a lot of stage done a lot of television sitcom. Um, Judy Cornwall is uh, one of the resies. Uh, not not the she's the one that at the end tries to negotiate with everybody else and is not one of the, the terrible ones. She was Daisy in Keeping Up Appearances. If you watched the. Uh, watch those um uh, clive marison is the deputy chief caretaker he's in a lot of stuff uh he was actually he's actually known he was um sherlock holmes on the radio uh and, and bbc had adapted all the sherlock holmes stories on radio four and he has he did all of them uh and so he's a big deal the two old ladies who were trying to eat mel uh they were apparently very well-known staged and, and film actresses um, it's just definitely an era where they, the producers were able to get big names. Um, uh, well, well, this is, I think this is part of the problem is that the, the producer was John Nathan Turner, um, was a very flamboyantly gay man in the eighties, which is you know, not a time necessary where you should be flamboyantly gay, uh, loved theater. And so he would bring in all these guest stars, but they'd be like 70 year old actresses who'd been on the stage and, and then be like, I don't understand why the kids aren't liking this show. <laughs> Who didn't, why doesn't anyone like the original blah, blah, blah from guys and dolls in 1955. And it's like, well, um, so yeah, uh, you got that. Um, uh, uh, this was, uh, this is the first story written for Sylvester McCoy. 
Um, uh, and, uh, like, you know, the first one, Tyler Lorani was a six doctor story. They just recycled. Um, and then, yeah, you've got Mel, uh, sort of, again, there's sort of no one, you know, a character that the new script editor, uh, was saddled with who didn't really understand. So yeah, there's a lot it, and it's supposed to be, or it's certainly regard, I don't know if it's regarded as, but if Dr. Evans will defend it as what's well, meant to be satire. It's witty satire of something. <laughs> and again, <laughs> it seems to be the implication that if you leave everyone to the, if all the men leave, this, yeah, you know what? This is like, <laughs> there, there it all is. the it's men the leave, leave, everyone else will just go crazy and eat each other. Uh, and so, men, important. That's, and that's the lesson <laughs> I think you should take from this. <laughs> Have you, uh, so you've never heard of High Rise, Richard Breyers, or any of these people? I, I totally Myers looks okay. vaguely familiar, but no, um, yeah. and no, I'm not familiar with high rise. Sounds like an interesting uh, concept. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, um, uh, and then, um, is there a level of this that would be that would like? Should they've gone more over the top? Is it too over the top? Is this workable? What would work for you here? Oh, I um, well, again, I think like this particular doctor and and companion at this moment. It feels it seems like it fits their feel, which is kind of broad and campy. Yeah. Um, that's why Delta and the Bannerman kind of works better. Um, because for this topic, I think it would need to feel a little bit more realistic somehow. I I, yeah. I don't know. Whereas this felt just so ridiculous and the fact that the guy's named Pex and like <laughs> the So apparently I, I will say there the uh, the writer and the uh, script editor have interviewed later have said they like the guy, the actor who played him and he does his best. They said, uh, but he was supposed to be like Sylvester Stallone. Like he's supposed to be like ridiculously ripped over the top guy, but all they could afford was British ripped. Uh, <laughs> so like, well, I don't know so if that would. I mean, it didn't quite fine. work. Like he was supposed to be so overcompensating for the fact that he wimped out on the war uh, that it, you know. And, and they, I, I'm not. They seem to think this is why it doesn't work. A character doesn't work. I'm like, no. I feel like it needed even more than that. I'm not sure that was what what tanked it entirely. Like, uh, but, not yeah. that like they were going to do this, but ha- have you seen? There's a HBO show. Uh, I'm going to talk about a modern television show, John. Mm-hmm. That's an American show and is not CSI. So mm-hmm. I'm going to okay. guess that you haven't yeah. seen it. But I'm going I'm, I'm to get my Google out so I can Google this. <laughs> uh, Station Eleven. Um, no, no, I have no. It's idea. quite good, but Where? it's a sort of a modern day apocalyptic story. They they started filming the story, which is about a uh, a pandemic that takes mm. over and kills most of the world. Oh, and they started filming it in January of 2020. Mm. Um, mm. but it was released, uh, this past year. I've just seen a few episodes. It was really good. At any rate, what, um, it shows is sort of like over a period of a few months of this pandemic decimating the world. And then people kind of coming back out and starting to recreate society. And it's just, you, you buy it more, mm. all the things that change. Whereas this is like, like you said, it happens over the course of like, not even a generation. This is just right. the war just happened and people right. are already eating people in this one hotel. Like, It'd be like why if, aren't they leaving the some... hotel? Like why there's, uh, there's <laughs> right. so many things that are like, wh- why? Don't know what planet they're on, why they trapped there. And then, yeah. And, it'd be, it'd and be I bet like in high sometime... rise, those things are explained or, or there's well, reasons yeah, for it. One you know? would hope it, but it'd be like if, yeah, in like, uh, in August 2020, after like the after we'd all finished Tiger King, we all started eating each other. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> that's it, everybody. Was, so, like in Station Eleven, the plot is it, it's 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 much like it's a devastating virus. It kills like 
I don't know, it's some immense amount of people. It's something like 80% of the people are killed. I don't even, it might even be more. Mm -hmm. And so when the world comes back on, it's like, it's completely different because literally all society is rebuilt. Like if you're alive, probably no one else in your family is alive. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Possibly no one else around you. So it's just interesting. Like, and uh, they, the part of the, the show seems to be about I don't know because I'm only a few episodes in is like they're rebuilding society afterwards and they're following some particular characters who are doing so but um so you kind of get into all that stuff and extreme stuff is happening and it you you buy the reality more um so you're 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 able to suspend disbelief whereas this it's like it's so campy yeah just and I'm trying to think of something from the 80s that around that is similar to this. I work better. I mean, the only thing I can think of, it's not like this, but, um, and I actually don't like it that much is a uh, blade runner, but like, whereas like mm. that's around the same time period, but I kind of bought the reality. I don't really, yeah, love I mean, blade I've never actually made it through blade runner without falling asleep. Yeah, uh, I don't love it, but I bought the reality maybe, of it. Like I can yeah. see it's like fame. Uh, <laughs> I love fame. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like Simon and Simon. Um, the, 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 the parody that is Simon and Simon. People watch it. Theme. Oh, you love those themes. Oh, you love those themes. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, you love those themes coming in the morning and down those themes. I'm trying to think of something that old people would like. Something Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like, thank you, Mel Torme, for coming on the, <laughs> the old podcast there. <laughs> no problem, baby. Don't no, not some themes. <laughs> Uh, we are adherents of the repeating themes here on No Not The Mind Probe. We like to talk about topics that mm. thread through the Doctor Who universe and mm. uh, and the rest of the world. Mm. What are mm. we going to talk about? We're just going to talk about old people. Yeah, the elderly. <laughs> it's time to euthanize the elderly. And I think the podcast is going to take a bold stand on this. But if you're over 35. This um, reminds me of a, for no, not in a really specific way but it reminds me of a really dumb sketch that john and i wrote but never really performed and all it was was simply this person who believed that monster mash should be the national anthem (laughs) but all he ever did to like make the make the argument like make the case for this is he would just like get on the radio he'd be joined by and we're like oh john grant and uh he's here to advocate for the monster match being the national anthem and all he would just use the monster mash should be the national anthem and like, him in, like a senate there was hearing no... like with cameras <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there was the sketch never got far enough far that yeah. the, the, there was any reason given or why it was just someone <laughs> pounding their fist saying the monster mash should be the national anthem. I, I think, think it's inspired by a Mr. Show thing that might be very similar. I, I don't know. Yeah. But like... uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the only, the only image I ever had from that sketch uh, was always like, I, I just, I thought it'd be great to have taken like stock footage of a baseball game and just said, thousands of people standing up and then I was working in the lab late one night. Putting their hand on their hearts <laughs> and just solemnly, <laughs> solemnly I think it would have been brilliant <laughs> and people crying like at it, the tomb of the unknown soldiers people bawling <laughs> I think yeah a 21 gun salute while the monster match is being played I think it, it is it was based on that Mr. Show bit where they they do they don't play the monster mash because for rights but they they make their own kind of monster mash song 
But they never made it the national. Our key was that it became the national anthem and all the things that came from it. Did Mr. Sure do a monster parties? It was a monster yeah. parties expo. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It. yeah. Anyway, yeah, folks, yeah. Uh, watch Mr. Show. All right. Uh, rankings. No. Um, uh, uh, no, I'm, 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 so uh, my theme linking besides the elderly would be satire. Okay. Um, Again, loosely that this is satire. Yeah, well, that that's my thing. Like, so this would certainly be pointed to as as Doctor Who attempting satire. But what is so? When I mean, we hear about this all the time, right? Oh, everything's satire. We're gonna we're gonna do a satire of this. What do you think? Of, what is modern? What is satire? What do you, what do you think it is? It's a good question. I, I don't feel like I have a good handle on it. And I th- think a lot of times when things are described as satire, it's when they're. Um, too obvious and sort of failing at their satire and then that's when they're labeled satire um whereas a lot of the things where it's a little more indirect um and maybe even hard like you hardly notice it's satire but it's more later it's well oh this was kind of an analog for you know the iraq war or whatever um then you say like well i guess that was good satire but i never noticed it was satirizing that but i guess that's good but then i never got the point because i never so like for example actually speaking of the iraq war um i know that the big lebowski that movie supposedly was completely about the iraq war and obviously there's some direct references to the iraq war but it was like all these analogs but like I never got any of that. Does that yeah. mean it was good satire or bad satire? It was about a guy because... who went bowling, wasn't it? I mean, huh? <laughs> and wanted to get his rug back. <laughs> yeah, but there were all apparently. If you go and look at it, like there are all these things that are, and mm. I really don't know enough to speak about it. Um, that somehow it was related to that I don't know. But uh, like for me, satire is like it yeah. goes. It's like uh, for me, it's like wag the dog, right? It's like something. It takes a thing. And takes it to a ridiculous extreme. So it doesn't have to be a, um, an analog of the thing. Because Wag the Dog is obviously directly about. Right. right. It's, it's the president and they're doing this war. Like, you know, it, or Catch-22 I'm re- seeing is like, that's a satire. So that's like a real yeah. situation. But they're taking sort of a, a, a rule that wouldn't be crazy. Catch-22, I'm specifically saying a rule. But, but they're taking an idea mm-hmm. that doesn't seem so like far-fetched but then like taking it to its ridiculous conclusion right. like the monster mash being the national anthem. <laughs> yeah um uh, and i think i think but but as a commentary on something right so like okay yeah this is uh, wait I'm, i think i'm coming it's that time would be kind of dumb it's like well yeah if you take anything to its ridiculous extreme of course it's gonna be crazy uh <laughs> we're trying to read these satire. dumb uh, don't take you to the end. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so animal farm is a satire okay okay so that's uh, yeah oh, black adder goes forth <clears throat> seen as a, but see to me a satire is but then then like if you say wag the dog and black adder and what was the other one we just mentioned that was more like Cash 22. Catch 22 yeah. And to me, then you're saying it's more um, you're taking a you're doing a historical like something a- area has happened or could happen. And then like yeah. making light of it. But that to me, like, is that it? Is that satire? But because, there's a like, commentary element to rise. Like I'm, I'm saying something about um, something that's happening. Um, right. Yeah. And sort of saying this is ridiculous. Or if you took this to an extreme, it's ridiculous. But they, again, that bothers me because, like, well, yeah, if you took anything to an extreme, it's ridiculous. Like, if I ate five dozen Oreo cookies, that's ridiculous. 
is that a satire? Am I, am I satirizing <laughs> Oreo cookies? I'm like, yeah, yeah, Oreo. I just threw up all over myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Put the one I, I heard uh, brought up recently, and I haven't seen the movie, but there's like a movie on Netflix called Don't Look Up. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I've heard mm-hmm. that that's like a satire of climate change. But then I've also heard other things. Where So the 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 rough plot of the movie, uh, did yeah, you see it? Uh, we, we've seen it, yeah. Okay. But it's like there's a there's a comet about to hit the earth, and right. the, it's like essentially the scientists who find it are trying to like convince people like this is a problem and no one will believe them. And so I've heard it said like, oh, it's a satire of climate change. But then I've also heard it said that it's like, well, no, it's just sort of a satire of the modern world and the yeah, way that like, the way we deal with big things. Like, right. it's not necessarily climate change, though it yeah, could I, be. Like that is one of the things that we. That's a good example because yeah, just like all right. So what does it say? So the satire. So the the point is, it's like these scientists discover a meteor coming towards Earth, and they're like, oh, there's a meteor coming towards Earth. It's going to kill us all. And, and all basically, Earth can't be bothered, right? That's yeah, what and it the is media, like. the like, politicians uh, are all like, oh, that sounds like something very serious. And like, let's go to our next segment. And, and but but it, the satire is of the I feel like is of the media and of politics or of of the current discourse. Um, but not the incident itself. Like they're not like, oh, wouldn't it be wacky? Like, yeah. So, uh, and again, it is like, I mean, it is. It's it's taking. It's clearly taking something too extreme as a commentary on it. And here it is, sort of media and political discourse and disinterest or or la- you know willingness to you know just ignore reality in favor of your particular view. Because that's the the point of it. Is in the movie uh, at a certain point the comet becomes visible in the sky and the scientists are like, just look at it. And the politicians are like, don't look up. Don't let them tell you. Don't let those liberal elites tell you how to do it. And, okay. Oh, don't okay. look up is the, is the thing. Um, so, so it's, it's like, like it's taking something again to some sort of ridiculous, because they're mentioning black adder. And I'm, I'm trying to think about that. It's like, okay, so is any kind of historical comedy, like is veep satire. Yeah, I, I think we is, right? Ryan. It's like, but then, oh, it's like, let's take these characters and, and they're the archetypes of DC characters and let's put them in two and Right, extreme. it's satirizing DC like yeah. politicos kind so, of. Like. So Paradise Towers then is is high quality. <laughs> what is it satirizing? <laughs> like? uh, it's taking people who live in apartments. Uh, <laughs> taking it to apartment buildings. Yeah. It's like, it's hey, like, apartment buildings. Stop living in apartments. <laughs> uh, don't pay your condo fees. And what, I think this um, did spark a revolution against condo fees. Thinking of Don't Look Up, same director, uh, Adam McKay directed uh, The mm. Big Short I watched a couple of months ago. I rewatched oh, that a couple of months ago. Yeah, that's not a satire. That's a, right. That's not a satire, right? Because that's Doc a historical drama. thing. Yeah. But it's, right. Mm. It's more of a doc. I mean, it's, it is funny. I mean, the. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's got some. Who 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 keeps explaining the thing? Just uh, they cut away and then uh, Margot Robbie does sometimes. Yeah. She's like, uh, well, here's Margot Robbie in a bathtub explaining yeah, uh, right. options just... to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did. I did finally get it. It's uh, a great movie, but uh, yeah. again, I was just trying to think of it because like that's a historical thing. So it has to be. There has to be a fictional piece to it because it has to be making light of something real so it can't be and it sounds dumb people must know this very well and they're listening to it like yeah idiots you figured out satire congratulations look if you're in the yale english department and you're listening to this <laughs> podcast first of all welcome uh <laughs> but i guess that's my problem is like i feel like most things that attempt to be satire fail at it and so what i mean by that and i, I would hold this for any of the ones that are successful um 
like let's say Black Adder because I love that, and they particularly mention uh, the the World War One period. Yeah, yeah, I guess Black all of it's yeah. uh, all of it's, war, um, yeah, that's the closest. Yeah, yeah. but um, I feel that successful satire, you you just watch like Black Adder is just funny. Like you just right. watch it and it's it funny. It has to be funny. And so the it's it's successful. And then yes, is it also satirizing the futility of World War One? Definitely. But, but if it's all it was it. doing is doing that, like it is saying something. Yeah. But like, but it also is funny. And so like, right. if it was just the satire, then I feel like then it's always uh, saying, oh, it's heavy handed satire. Like, yeah, because it, so there is satire has to be funny or absurd. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it does have to say something because like, uh, Monty Python, there's some satire, but also at the same time, it's like, it's not the, the ministry of silly walks. is not satirizing walking or ministries. I mean, maybe a little bit of government. <laughs> it's not, it's not trying to say something about like, Hey, everybody, you know, walking, if you take it to the extreme, it's gonna, it's really going to get out of control. Like, <laughs> so maybe that's where paradise towers is falling apart. It's sort of like, okay. Uh, you have done the first part of satire, which is to to extrapolate to an extreme. Uh, to what end? <laughs> what are we saying again? <laughs> like, don't live in high rises and don't go to pools. I think that's you know who would be satire to me. Um, who wrote? Uh, oh my gosh, I, can't, I should have brought this up because I can't think of the the guy. It's a very famous novelist. I'll think of it. I'll think of it. Wait, what's the um, novel? Wait, I can't think of him. Oh. Uh, 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 the person I saw a Catch Twenty. It is reminiscent to me of Catch Twenty Two. Uh, so I can't, but I cannot think of the uh, other one. It's a similar. There's a war, wartime uh, book in Western re- Front. No, no, no. That's that's <laughs> a great satire. Hilarious. <laughs> I I left. I'll think left. of it. Um, it does. We think it does have to be funny, right? The other, the the number it, one. It does seem to have to have or, or at Don least rise to humor. Don Quixote was mentioned. Right. Um, that's ridiculous. Like I've read Don Quixote. Because that's absurd. Like that's you the say. kind of thing I do. Um, is and, Animal uh, Farm not funny? Is it? Yeah, because the animals are ridiculous. Maybe not funny, but ridiculous, right? The I animals, guess, are, like the, the all animals are cool, but some animals are more cool than others, and the pigs are ridiculous. Like it, it's, okay. it's, it is, it is. Kurt um, Vonnegut. That's what I was trying to think of. Kurt Vonnegut. Oh yeah, I yeah. Like yeah some of those books. Satire. Yeah. Uh, 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 what is it? Um, uh, what's the one? Uh, Cat's Cradle is sort of with the ice uh, nine stuff. Is, is sort of is kind of, there, but again, it's more the absurdity, right? The the humor is from the absurdity of it. Um, which I think is, and just to just to swing this back into talking, it's okay, like sorry, that's yeah. what um, even even well, see, no, but that's a, and this is where my my connection falls apart. Amy's choice is not saying anything about old people. It's not like if you hey, if you let old people get out of control, they're gonna kill you. It's almost like there's a tiny moment of satire, maybe yeah. I don't know, but it, like, well, it's the incong- incong- incongruity, right? It's like oh, this is odd to see an old person trying to kill you with a, a rake yeah, that's <laughs> odd right that's that's odd you know you're gonna be like oh and that's that's how i'd respond yeah, when that's something you, you don't see like, every day usual this guy's <laughs> trying to kill me with a rake doing a pretty good job i'm almost dead <laughs> um uh but again no point here it's not like it's not like trying to warn us like hey again if we let the elderly get out of control although maybe it is. i mean if 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 they keep voting the elderly are going to kill us all they are, yeah. uh, so stop voting elderly um who are listening to podcasts actually elderly living listening podcasts probably should continue to vote but other elderly don't does alex jones have a podcast yeah okay 
All right. How you doing, John? Good. That ended dark. It just ended with Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, kill the elderly. Folks, kill the elderly. Folks. Before they kill you. And John, there are 297 official Doctor Who television stories. I think it's going to stay that for a little while here because they did uh, that where the whole season was one story. Well, then, we, we just had a New Year's one. Uh, you know, you oh, were there okay. nursing your family back to health. So Ugh. I need to count that. Uh, and then um, there's going to be a spring special, and then there's going to be uh, the uh, the big regeneration special coming so we're up. We're going to be so. up to 300 pretty quick. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, folks. Uh, we have ranked 102, <clears throat> uh, 104 of those, yeah. uh, rather. Yeah. Now we're going to add these two. And uh, whether and you like I'm it or not, I'm going to assume people probably, you know, there was like a hiccup of fear. You were like, "Whoa," because uh, you know, "Oh, we missed a week, or we missed our our drop, right. our drop date." And people were like, "Uh oh, yeah. uh oh, is it over? Is it over?" And and it would make sense because we had just promised like uh, like two weeks before. We we're like, I mean, we've gotten so far at this point. Why would we stop? <laughs> yes, that's right. We did. <laughs> <laughs> and people oh, were like, no. Wait, we're in for that, a pound and for a penny. Are they trying to do? The are they stop? And then people were like, Is this satire? Is that what? Is, are they satirizing themselves? We're clearly not because we don't even really <laughs> understand what, what it is. is. <laughs> so no, I don't yeah. think we are. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, well, rank them. Rank them. I'll then. rank them. I'll rank them. Uh, I. Uh, as we've discussed, love Amy and Rory mm-hmm. and uh, and this doctor. So and, and I liked I thought this was a good just like real straightforward, clever thing. I, I already talked about I didn't love the ending. Yeah. But I really enjoyed the episode because mm-hmm. I, it was a great um, almost like a, again, cue episode or, yeah. or like a Twilight Zone episode of like it was a mental thing of like you have to make this choice and, and whatever. So I did pretty high. I have it uh, ranked number 28. I have it mm-hmm. just above. Uh, I have it just above the next Doctor. I really enjoyed the next Doctor, yeah, and yeah, uh, just yeah. below the Hand of Fear, which is one mm-hmm. of my favorite of uh, the. Was that the your, last? Your um, Baker's last Sarah Jane one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last I Sarah love Jane. that one. Eldrad must live. Eldrad must live. Um, people, people. So, yeah. Eldrad must live. Must live. If you if you take anything away from this podcast, it's <laughs> that must live. Must live. Or she. Uh, so I so twenty eighth. So twenty eighth. Mm. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, Paradise Towers. We will scroll down. You know, I'm still going. Oh man, there's, a, there's uh, several blanks before we get to it. That's weird. So, you know, I thought this was pretty terrible. So then I just go to the bottom, and mm-hmm. I have Work some out. of the yeah. bad ones that mm-hmm. I enjoy because I enjoy some of the campiness of them or whatever. Right. And right. Right. it's not it it those beat this out. I didn't really. I I don't. I don't find any of the parts of this like fun. The old ladies, I didn't mind, but I didn't really like. I didn't like it, uh, uh, and I really didn't care for Pex or the caretakers or any of that stuff. So I just kept going down below Stones of Blood, below Megalos, Vengeance and Varrows, below the Keys of Marinus, which was just boring. But I didn't like it Mm -hmm. was okay, Mm -hmm. and basically it's saved by the ones that I just like really have trouble watching, which yeah. is Fear Her, yeah. Edge of Destruction, Mind Robber, Love and Monsters, Time in the Ronnie. So it is number 101. Okay. Right. 101 Dalmatians and Paradise Towers. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, we're close here. Uh, so I've got Amy's Choice a little bit lower. Um, uh, again, um, uh, it's the it's a good episode. Um, I would have liked to have seen the clever premise like stressed out a little bit more, uh, made a little bit more of like which uh, out of it. 
or what's happening. Like the mystery is explained. I thought too quickly. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with the psychology of it. It's, it's really down to the psychoanalysis. It's just my, my thing is always on the psychology because of course I have a political science degree. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I've got it. Uh, I've got it around. Um, and I, uh, I've got around, uh, I don't know why actually <laughs> I've got number 53. 53. Um, it's around the macro terror, I think uh, you're not. I think you're ranking these on like a curve, and you're putting these lower than they really need to be. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I am, I'm, and, and yeah, because I, I love this season, and I, I, as I said in the last episode, I think season five is one of the strongest of all of them. Um, so yeah, I'm probably being a little harsh on on this one, uh, but it's gonna pick up, folks. It's gonna pick up from here. Pick up. Well, maybe not soon. It's gonna pick up. Uh, anyway, but yeah, it, it, you know, it's a sort of. You know what? I think I have it around the macro terror because it's like trying to do something, but not quite nailing it, which I thought was the macro terror as well. And Utopia mm. and, and some of those. Others. Um, so, yeah, not bad. Uh, Paradise Towers. Yeah. Also in, in sort of my bottom ranking, I've got a little bit higher than you. I've got it just above Battlefield at number 84 below the Doctor Who movie with the eighth doctor uh, and things like that. And I've got around Silver Nemesis. And um, uh, it's I, I give it a little extra points for I think it's trying to be clever, um, uh, and it's a swing and a miss, right? But I give it credit for swinging at it, right? It's swinging at the pitch. So <laughs> a lot of baseball stuff here, <laughs> which yeah, I hate. You really are being kind of. He's like, I don't see what it's swinging for. Like, yeah, what? I mean, it's trying to be a sort of sophisticated sci-fi at a time when Doctor Who was really sort of, you know, not doing that. Um, and, and I think it, it is the beginning of sort of the, this new script editor and these writers kind of coming back and trying to trying to reach for it'd be a little bit like it's a little bit more sci-fi. Um, and so they're trying, but they don't quite get it right. So, I, But I give them some points for that. So I've got Here's what say. I think. I think it has some pretty, like, memorable visuals. Yeah. And so I think probably watching it as like a young child and then seeing it later, you're like, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Like, you oh, know, and so I, I bet there's a bit of that too. I, I have a friend who doesn't watch that much Doctor Who at all, but he he remembers this one. He's like, Red Kings are best. Uh, he right. remembers that. So it is, it is striking. I mean, it's striking, but at the same time, I, I will say this. Uh, I probably, I had the book uh, and I bought the VHS tape. And it was, I'd probably read the book a couple of times and uh, seen the episode several times. And still couldn't remember what happened. Like, <laughs> and then I eventually, finally, I started to remember. But you know, I'd watch the episode and be like, "What happens next? What is this story about?" Oh, right. <laughs> and I still, even watching it this time, uh, uh, the um, I'm still not clear on whether the uh, chief caretaker knows where the great ar- the great architect right. is in the basement. He seems surprised by him coming out of it. And no, because the like, caretaker's like joint. Well, you say maybe the chief does, does. Yeah, the chief guy should. He see he he seems like he's he's like he's got the thing in the basement. He's keeping it as his pet, quote unquote. But then that turns out to be the chief architect. But he wanted to kill. I so sure. Um, if Look, what you, you can take away from it is that if you leave. Old people alone, they will become cannibals. Yes, they will start to kill you. And I mean, I think that I agree with. I mean, honestly, if that if we're going with anything that I can totally agree with, it's that old people are trouble and we should kill them before they kill us. And you well, can, and the old the, supercomputer the mind probe guarantee. You can, you can. <laughs> <laughs> and the old supercomputer here, yeah, I yeah. have combined our rankings and, and you got a uh, new number choice. one. So I think the computer's broke. A new, new number one. <laughs> <laughs> um uh the com- the computer has an interesting thing here where we have 
Amy's Choice is tied with four other episodes. So Ooh. here's the episodes that Amy's Choice is tied with now. Earthshock, mm-hmm. Ambassadors of Death, mm. Unicorn and the Wasp, and Victory of the Daleks. Ooh. Fascinating. It's an interesting little, interesting little knot there. And all of them are sort of ones that we disagreed by like a good amount one way or the other but like yeah. just averaged out to number 37 is what what, what that is 37 yeah. paradise towers is near the bottom of the list um yeah, rightly it's so. 96 uh it beats out new earth and love and monsters and keys of marinus um and megalos it's in the right but spot it's in it's in it's correct i think it's it loses out. to the long game yeah and time flights and delta and the bannerman yeah, yeah. well so like popping over here to how our ranking by doctors, I gotta imagine that's gotta put the seventh doctor in rough shape here. And, yeah, he's, uh, he's fallen. I am right, but it is only beaten out by the sixth and <laughs> eighth doctor. He's actually the sixth doctor is the seventh doctor's saving grace. Uh, in that yeah. sense. And currently, as you said, the Matt Smith's starting out really strong and actually is has the best ratings of any doctor right now for yeah. us okay um not so much because of you yeah, you, yeah, yeah you're, you're, you have um get him high. You I, have, kind of, I tie up between nine ten it's clearly i keep the new series in a certain area here the new um, series you seem to really just balance out yeah yeah you, you seem to just sort of find like the good and the bad in them and you put yeah. you spread them across whereas i've got the third doctor just crushing it that was surprising right to you right you you well, I think we've, we've listened. We've uh, so Inferno is one of my favorite stories, so that was high up. And actually, I think we haven't really done that many Third Doctor stories. I feel like, um, uh, and so that, that maybe that's part of the thing. It's like, oh, we got to we got to do some more. Third, we have I don't know when we have more coming. Up. Maybe that's part oh, we of have your one problem. next week. Wow, wow! It's like I know what I'm doing, but I don't. Uh, we have a third Doctor story coming up next week, so that and that'll. So uh, yeah, episode. so really quick, uh, you can find our rankings on mindprobe.show, our our lovely website. You can see uh, write ups of each episode. John does a lot of links to uh, relevant, and random sometimes irrelevant, yep, random uh, relevant stuff. things. Check it out. You can also see the watch order if you want to watch along with us and yeah, tune you in that, to the can. episode uh, that come out biweekly. And if you want to contact Ish. us, you can Porter at mindprobe.show and John at mindprobe.show. Yeah, you haven't so far, but I assume you're all comforted by the idea that you could. Just, yeah, just it's like, out oh, there. You know, I'm not going to contact them, but I know I could. Yeah. And if that went away, I would be upset. Yeah. 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 It's like your dog wants to play with you all the time. Yeah. And you walk by the dog and you never play with the dog, but you kind of scratch his head. And yeah. Like, yeah. I like that. I, I like that. I could. And then you're that. like, I don't even have a dog. <gasps> satire. <laughs> satire satire the dog is that is, it that's it it's a dog it's a satire of your marriage the dog is uh, yemen <laughs> it's the current political situation in yemen yeah in yemen yeah um john what do we you, oh you were about to tell us what do we have in store for our next episode which will be in two weeks yeah it's a two-parter folks it's a two-parter uh in the new we've got a, the return of the silurians and which hey. is, it porter has seen we, we've gone yeah. through, we've been warriors of deep we've done the doctor who and the silurians people that's what it's called doctor and will, who and, and the, the silurians. silurians and i will go I, I will not rest in my grave until you all know that um 
So, so there you go. I think so. you should rest in your grave. I, <laughs> no, I really no. think you should. I'm going to be, I'll be tossing okay. and turning in my grave, <laughs> uh. knowing that people don't know that. Uh, yes. So we have The Hungry Earth, Cold Blood, uh, which is by Chris Chibnall, the current Doctor Who showrunner. So that's an interesting little, little twist uh, for people who follow who runs the show. Um, not so much for anybody else. Uh, and then I've paired that with them. It's the, it's the last of the classic series that includes, uh, uh, this is not to say Lurians, this is the C devils so we've, we've already had the silurians introduced in doctor who no silurians um this is a third doctor story uh it's a it's a, a six-parter with the sea devils and the master uh coming and this uh. might be no i'm trying no but i feel like this might be your first uh uh third doctor master story so yeah he right. was introduced in, in is there a murka Oh no! You know you've you've seen the demons. Uh, so this is Roger Delgado, uh, the third Doctor Master. Um, there is no Merca uh, oh. yet, but you know you don't know. I mean, I, I mean, let's say maybe they spliced one in when I wasn't looking. <laughs> they did a George <laughs> Lucas thing and they just like put one in walking in the background. Oh, there's a Merca. Oh boy, uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, and, uh, the third Doctor Joe and the Master and the Sea Devil, and, and it's called the Sea Devils. And you well, know, great, great timing. This yeah. is what the next uh, Jodie Whittaker special is, is is called, like Legend of the Sea Devils, I believe. So the Sea Devils yeah. are are replete. They're hot. Sea yeah, Devils they're are everywhere. hot right now. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're walking the red carpet at the Tonys. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> that's exciting. That's, that's my definition of hot right now. <laughs> All right. Well, John. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to do that episode. I can't wait to watch something better than Paradise Towers. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's some good classic ones. You know what? Up. Speaking of creepy old people, uh, and, and folks, you're going to appreciate this. If anybody knows how to do this, you should uh, email it. I, we've learned, Mike and I have learned to play Mahjong over the uh, We have a really nice set of Mahjong. They tried to teach me. I couldn't quite get it. It, 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 it seemed to be one of those games where every time I did something, they're like, oh, honey, no, there's a rule that you can't do that. Yeah. I'm like, oh. You have to have a little card. And it's, got your, it's like rummy. So you got to have sets of things. And you only have certain sets of things. And there's a little card. I mean, we play American Mahjong. Because oh, okay. We're racist. Uh, <laughs> so we're like, we don't want to deal with whatever the trade is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you have to have your little card, and it tells you all the hands that you can have, and you have to pick that in order to trade your Marjong coach. We hired a woman because this is what white people without kids do. Uh, we hired a woman to teach us to play uh, Marjong. Do you play with four people? Right? You have to have four people. Uh, and then do you play in teams? Like uh, No, it's not like bridge. Uh, you can play in teams. Uh, uh, you try to get your own little hands or whatever and you've got all these little domino things. I can't wait until you guys get into bridge and pinochle and all these right? things. I always kind of want to learn I was intrigued because we're right by the cartoons where they would show the bridge game in right. the paper. Goran on bridge. Yeah, that, was, that was just fascinating to me that you could just play an entire hand. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the whole game is a strategy thing. But I don't think I don't Next week we'll cover what newspapers yeah, are. Yeah, uh, uh, Mind Probe on Bridge. <laughs> Mind Probe.show. On